The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello. Bonjour. Good afternoon. Um, Bonsoir. Oh my God, you guys. I chipped my tooth. <laughs> right into it. <laughs> I literally chipped my tooth. I was at, I don't know if you ever talked about Camden on here, but I feel like we have, so I'm just going to go into it. He lives in Long Island City, and I was over at his house for a little, I don't know, brewski sesh, and we were playing Piccolo, which is like a nightmarish game I don't know if you've ever played it but it's just so random like there are different categories um it's mostly just like a bunch of dares where it auto generates your name and it tells you a bunch of stuff to do that's wild so either you do that or you have to take a penalty which is drinking so you can imagine the scene it's we're playing with him and his roommate so it's four of us we're all pretty tipsy and getting a little bit stupid and I it's my turn to dare Camden to do something and I think it's the most innocent thing I dare him to run down the hallway and like that's it you know it seems really really harmless I dared him to run down the hallway and I was recording him doing it and he got all the way to the end of the hallway it was really cool really great comes back and like thrusts accidentally my phone hits my face into my tooth, and I chipped really badly. Like, this wasn't a minor, like, OTE kind of situation. I chipped the tooth. Like, it was half gone. And to the point where I was worried, because it was so sensitive about the nerve being exposed, in which I would have had to get a root canal. So I freak out. It's, like, 11 p.m., so I can't do anything. I can't go to the dentist. Luckily, I'm not bleeding. It could have been so much worse. The tooth could have gone through my lip. I could have broken my nose. I could have 
broken a tooth and I could have busted my lip and I could have had to get stitches. I'm so thankful <laughs> that it was just every negative picture possible. <laughs> no, literally like, and you know me, I'm a hypochondriac, so I'm sitting here like this freaking out in the moment, but the thing that got me through it is that this could have been so much worse. I scratched my pinky, like, one time, and I rushed to urgent care. But this was no big deal. No, she literally <laughs> scratched her pinky and then told everyone that she got injured in a mosh pit. It was so funny. But <laughs> when you said some guy ran into you, you didn't tell me it was Camden. I assumed it was, like, some random kid. No, because remember we were texting and you were like, oh, my God, you and Camden can never be left alone together. Yeah, and you're like, this guy ran into me. I don't know you meant, like, literally <sighs> this one right here. I thought it was, like, a random guy. Oh, because I might have, oh, because you know how, like, sometimes you say, like, oh, this girl, or, like, this man. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Whenever Sarah and Camden are together, I know something bad's about to happen. And it ended up a good story. I mean, they're, like, cute and they're close friends, but these two together are so chaotic that whenever they hang out, I know some shit's about to happen. There's trouble, yeah. (laughs) And I'm hanging out with him tonight, so wish me and my teeth good luck. Oh, Lord. But so I chipped two teeth. I I chipped my front tooth, and not my canine, but, like, the one in between. So just, like, my two front teeth, basically, on my left side. And, guys, the nerve was not exposed. I just got coverings, and that's it. And now I'm back. It's not perfect. It's a little discolored, like... But I would think that because I'm myself. Like, no one else can really tell except for, like, Chance and Sydney because I've obviously asked them when they look up super close and I shine light on it. Like, yeah, you could probably tell then. He was, like, offering to pay for it and stuff. It was super sweet. And, like, they were calling dentists around the area, like, let's get this bitch in now. And all the dentist's office were like, it's 11 p.m. on a Sunday on a Jewish holiday. None of us are available, <laughs> you know. It's funny now. Yeah, when you sent me the picture, <laughs> I zoomed in. I was like, I know that girl's crying. Yo, your eyes are so red. I was like, I know she's been crying. Um, Cindy's going to post a picture of my chipped tooth on the Instagram story. If we get enough DMs about it. If we get one DM about what my tooth looked like when it was chipped. Oh, girl, if we we'll get zero DMs, that's going to be the, the promo. No. The promo picture. No. <laughs> okay. Well, fine. That would make good marketing. But we're going to be honest with you. I'm back from vacation, and Cindy's here, too. We are just in separate rooms because <laughs> Cindy had to do her makeup, and I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And no, I have the dog, so. It's weird because, like, I think because when we're in the same room, we can hear each other each other's mics because we're so loud. So, like, it sounds better when we're separate in separate rooms. But, right. like, we're literally in the same house. We're, like, four feet from each other. Right. And we're loud, we're loud. very loud people. Especially me. I'm, like, loud and shrill. <laughs> you know? I'm like, I don't know what it – I have been up since 5 a.m., every day this week and Mm -hmm. I'm running on like 12 collective hours of sleep for this entire week and my mind and my eyes are just like no but but guys she is here she showed up for you you better be thankful (laughs) I am both eating and doing makeup at the same time as recording this and that's on multitasking what are you eating pasta Ooh, what kind of pasta I'm Cajun with broccoli I'm drinking that sounds amazing I'm drinking decoy white wine chardonnay Um, for lunch, I, we're, we're going on this, like, food rant now, but for lunch, I had cucumber boats, which Sydney actually introduced in my life, and ex- instead of making them with shrimp, I made them with chicken, and it was bussin'. Bussin'. So, Sydney had a day last night. I did. How did it go? Tell us everything. We really want to know. I don't know if I ever told the story about how I met him on this podcast, because it's, like... You did. Super meet cute. I don't remember anything I've talked about on this podcast. Like, I'll get DMs being like, oh my god, thank you for talking about this. And I'm like, oh, I talked about it. Yeah, yeah. You were laughing about someone, like, um, saying, like, telling you thank you for talking about your breakup and being so open and honest about that. And Cindy was like, I don't remember talking about it. Yeah, I was like, like I, I don't remember crying. <laughs> no, it was like, I don't know. I feel like, I, not like I black out during this. That sounds bad. But just like, I don't remember what I say. But um, if you guys remember, this 
guy, not my ex, making that very clear. Um, mm-hmm. Sarah and I went to a movie premiere or a documentary premiere for um, this restaurant opening. And he was in the documentary, and I thought he was cute. And this was, like, just after my breakup. And I was like, I have actually nothing to lose besides my dignity, and that's already, like, half gone. So I'm just going to, like, <laughs> talk to him and slide in his DMs. And that was in the, what, July or June? And yeah. And we've been hanging out since. And went to go see um, Don't Worry Darling last night. And let me just say, I don't like that girl Olivia Wilde because she's a little messy. But She's controversial. I thought the movie was so good. Like, Florence Pugh, whatever her name is, Pugh. You just spit. Florence Too many Pugh. <laughs> that girl, Miss Flo. I really don't know how to say it. Pugh. I don't know how to say it. Pugh. Um, She was so good. Harry Styles kept making me laugh because I used to be a One Direction fanatic. Um, I literally had a shrine to him in my room. Um, I heard they had a steamy makeout kiss, like him and Florence. In that's the movie. like did all that they happen? did in the movie. And like, I had very low expectations because like, I had like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, I know the whole like drama that was on TikTok and Twitter. So I didn't have very high expectations. I thought it was one of the best movies I've seen in like the last few years. Like, like dead ass, dead ass. So, really? I'll definitely go see it again. It was really, really good. Um, I got butter popcorn, which is my favorite. Then we went to the Dead Poet, which is a bar. Um, it's so weird because there's like a huge mirror on one side of the bar that like reflects obviously back to the rest of the restaurant. But all of Did you hear what that? was that? Did we just get beamed by an alien? What was that noise? I was literally like, "Is that your stomach?" No, I literally. No, guys, you don't understand. I really hope you heard that noise. It was literally like sounded like an alien beam. I got probe. What the heck? Anyway. All the decoration in the bar is backwards. Like, if there's, like, like there's, like, a huge quote on one of the walls, but all the letters are backwards. So that when you look in the mirror, everything looks normal. But if you're, like, talking to someone or you look around, you realize that, like, literally everything's backwards. Even, like, the labels on, like, the bottles are backwards. Like, everything. But, yeah, the date was good. It's funny because I didn't know how old he was. And I didn't really want to ask (laughs) just for, like, vibes. Then he, like, mentioned, so, like, he was mentioning shows that he watched in his childhood. And I was like, what about Spongebob? And he was like, that came out when I was, like, past the age of watching young shows. And I was like, wasn't Spongebob out in, like, literally 1910? What? 1910? Um, he was born in the 80s, which is funny because that's when my mom graduated high school and my brother mm-hmm. was born. So, vibes is what we're saying. He's really sweet. Though. Um, not... So Sydney has you remember if you like if you're an avid listener, Sydney has two brothers. So not the four, three year old. You're brother, not the three year old. Thirty something year old. But um, so that's really funny. And like I had lost hope in men in general because like my ex was older than me, and I assumed that like if they don't get better with age, when, when do they get better? But he's at the age where like he's been through life, you know. Like he's like I was complimenting his jacket, and he was like, "Yeah, it's 27 years old." And I was like, "Not the jacket being older than me." Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it was a good date. That's so funny. So like when you were born, that jacket was five. I know. <laughs> no, you know it's a hot. We're in a hot girl era. Hot girl era. It's like Sarah can attest to this too because kind of relates to the topic of the episode. Mm-hmm. It's like so weird to be dating again. Like I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like absolutely. After being with someone for so long, like I had obviously was on and off with my ex. So like there were times when like I was going on dates, but like there was never the intention of it being anything more than like hanging out with someone once because like I was with someone. So like having to re-enter it completely single, it's like ill. This is this is the ghetto. This is ghetto. Ill. Yeah, the concept of sitting down with someone we talked about 
this a little bit last episode, the concept of sitting down with someone and asking what's your favorite color and what's your favorite food and asking, you know, getting to know their family and the very baseline things is very unappealing to some people, me included. Um, it's very frightening. And honestly, that concept, that concept keeps a lot of people in their relationships. And on that note, <laughs> not that this is my experience. That's not the connection I'm trying to make. But I did actually go through a breakup recently, which I did not mention on the podcast. It did happen two and a half weeks ago. And it is extremely unfortunate. I'm still very much going through a period of... Uh, it's it's one of the five stages of grief, but it's definitely one of them. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it is very weird being out in this world again of, like, I don't have... Not that I consider my ex a crutch, or, like, did I? But it's weird not having someone to lean on constantly. Uh, I would like to say, and I'm very happy to announce, that this was a very amicable break- um, amicable breakup. It could have been so much worse. No one was cheated on. No one was, you know, hit physically or verbally. Better than I expected. Obviously, it is still heartbreaking, and I'm really, really upset about it. Um, but this is the first, you know, my relationship is almost older than this podcast so I've never known being on this podcast single and it's a weird world so if any of you listeners have advice for me I'm extremely new to this I haven't been single since 2019 and it's very scary and I don't know what to do I've been very vocal though about my relationship on this podcast like you know if you're if you've been listening since I don't even know when like last episode or something like you know his name you know where he lives you know our story um you know about our problems and all of our great things that we had um man it's really really weird I will say what did happen is that it was a lot of little things that started to build up and that our relationship was going in two different directions this sounds like the classic oh my god uh, like the celebrity announcement that you make when you don't want to really explain what actually happened, but this is what actually happened. Like we are two the Instagram just... PR statement. Yeah, it did. This does sound like that, but like this is not what I'm about to say. We were in very like headed in very different light directions, um, and I think recently a lot of these differences have come to the surface, like suburbia versus urban, extrovert versus introvert. But it's a lot deeper than that, and I think that that was like the ultimate shebang what do you do what do you think Sid? do you think that that's a good explanation of like what happened because Cindy y'all Cindy was there through it all <laughs> yes Cindy has very strong feelings about the predicament which I'm not going to voice out of respect for Sarah let's just say even though it sucks I'm very excited for you to be entering a new era because I feel like you're gonna I don't know thrive I'm not that you weren't thriving before but it's like and this is something that's hard, too. It's, like, you want to support friends through, obviously, what they want for their lives. But, like, mm-hmm. and we talk about this a lot, that obviously, like, with my ex, like, Sierra would say, like, oh, like, this is what I see, blah, blah, blah. And I would obviously respect her opinion because she is my best friend. Like, she knows the most about me and sees, like, how it affects me. So, like, her opinion means, obviously, a lot to me. And it's so hard to see it when you're in it. So it's, like, the same now happening opposite So it's, like, I'm so excited for her to, like, be able to meet someone who's, like, better aligned with her future path. And it's, like, I knew Sarah, single Sarah, when I came to New York. And Miss Girl ran New York. So (laughs) I'm excited for us. And, like, this is the first time ever that all three of us, including Chance, my other roommate, have been single at the same time. So, Which is crazy. And, Cindy, you've known, you knew me 
for two years single. Um, it was 2018 and then 2019, like the end of 2019. Uh, and yeah. then COVID happened, and that's when I started dating my now ex, which is so crazy. It's getting and, feral girl fall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is kind of, it's hilarious that now is the time we decided to break up because, you know, this is supposed to be handcuffing season. <laughs> you know, with, like, the snuggles and the, like, movies and stuff. And that was scary to me, to be honest. But I honestly just had to think back to, like, when I was single and how, like, I used to do... I've been by myself for 18 years, uh, 19 years, and I can do it again. And I remember that girl. And it's not like I hated her. I mean, I loved being single when I was, and my ex knew that. So um, it's definitely a scary concept because, like, he was my longest-term relationship, so I'm literally, like, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm doing well because I'm not. I mean, it's extremely hard and, like, two years is such a long time. And I'm so lucky, I will say this, that, because Cindy was just saying how important my opinion was to her, which I really appreciate. But two things is, one, your opinion, you do I think you're the smartest person in the world. Like, your opinion means everything to me. So having you here as a crutch through this entire thing has been fantastic. Crutch, word of the episode. Because you know exactly what I'm going through. Times two so having you here as a listening ear and also as a guide has been amazing and is a testament to our friendship um let's run it back that was really sweet but do you call it handcuffing season cuffing you season mean, you mean just oh arresting season oh my god no handcuffing i was like this it's like yeah my, like just... that's hilarious that you thought arresting because i literally thought handcuff me to the post of my bed season oh okay <laughs> i'm gonna leave that in i think yeah. <laughs> i think i'm Five. gonna leave that one in the episode but it's like i this is the first time I've been in New York single because I met my ex like the month I moved here uh, before college. So it's like my first time being single in the city. And I think what does help is that when I we lived downtown before we moved up closer to Columbia, um, I had lived there for in that area for four years. So like I had so many memories of like every freaking street with my ex. Like I'd walk by like five napkin burger and start crying. So I'm like, oh my God, he dumped me for the first time there. Um <laughs> But now we're, like, in an area where, like, I've never known him here. I haven't spent time with him here. So it's like, mm, I can look at a tree and not start crying. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I will say about my ex-relationship is that he never lived in New York, uh, nor did he want to, but that's a different story. <laughs> he um, was, like, he didn't come visit very often, so I don't really have that many bad memories. It's not like I can, so I, I started Sex in the City again today, and Carrie actually just broke up with Big in the episode that I'm watching, which is so fitting. And Carrie was saying how it's literally a landmine. You have to be careful where you step. It's places, things, and even times of day that can, like, set you yeah. off. And, like, smells. Yeah, and smells and food even. Like, their favorite food that you're eating, and you're like, fuck. Or music. And it's so funny because my guy friend today, they talk about Sex in the City. My guy friend, um, he was never seen the show. Was like, I feel like we're like Sex in the City. I was like, period. And then he was like, which one would you be? I was like, Carrie. He goes, who's Carrie? I said, baby. How you gonna make that reference and not know the main character of the show? But, the I mean, icon, the literal main character of the show. The literal main character. And like, it's so sad to be a Carrie because every day I do something, <laughs> I'm like, crap, I'm Carrie. And that's not even a cute thing. Usually, you want to be the main character, but in this situation, like, absolutely not. <laughs> But then she ends up with Big. Then he dies, but we don't have to talk about then that. Then he dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not trying to wait 10 years to be left at the altar. Sorry if, you, if that spoils all of Sex and the City. Yeah, but, oops. <laughs> oops, spoiler. But, um, no, like, what you said is so true. I feel like memories are so... This is also one thing, is that, like, if you think about it, so many things happen during a day that our mind physically can't capture all of that into a memory. So mm. 
memories that do stick through or do follow with you or moments that had big impacts on you. So when those memories are invoked, they tend to be more painful because they're things that your mind has prioritized as like big things in your life. So like when you do pass five napkin or you do smell like slight bio funk man musk and you're like, wow, I miss him. (laughs) Then like obviously those (laughs) memories hurt more because they're things that your mind has like solidified. It's like big moments in your life. It's like, uh, that sucks. But I think the only thing that really does help you is time. And like, that's another progress, like another topic I wanted to talk about was like healing from breakups, especially like whether it's long term, long distance, short term, short distance, I don't know. Healing from relationships and getting over an ex because we, I got like four DMs about that in the last week asking for advice on that, which is and really like, sweet, huh. you guys. You guys say the cutest stuff. It is really cute. Yeah, um, we're happy our pain gets you through your pain. Seriously, I actually mean yeah. that. No, literally, if I'm gonna go through, it might as well help someone with it or make you laugh or like like your life a little bit more. <laughs> just know that like, that healing process is not linear, and like you don't just wake up one day and feel better. Like for me, I feel like because it's been what like three months, four months. Um, time has helped because like for the first two weeks, like I did not leave my room. I cried every day. Like I was miserable, and now I can like say his name, say stories, think of memories, and like see them objectively for how they are and not have a subjective like attachment to them but see them as like oh like i thought this moment was cute and it absolutely was not it was toxic so like <laughs> i've gone to a point where i can like see those in their real forms but also like there are times like literally last week i broke down crying you can ask sarah you guys mm-hmm. heard what happened on the last episode but like that was the first time i cried about him since we had broken up and it, the thing that hurt the most, I think I talked about this, was that, like, it felt like I had gone back to the beginning and, like, I hadn't had that healing process done. But it took me, like, the last few days to realize that it's okay to still be hurt because, like, obviously this is something I was in for a long time and, like, I did feel those feelings deeply. And it's okay to have, quote-unquote, setbacks. They're not really setbacks. They're things that I heal from and that only propel me forward. So... I think just we always say this and it's getting annoying because it was cute at first and now it's not because we always freaking say it. But <laughs> give yourself grace because like you, life's not perfect. Obviously, healing processes aren't perfect, or else they wouldn't be processes. So when you do feel those like setbacks and like we find yourself upset or like crying over things, like know that all of that is doing is helping you move forward even more. I would say the most important lesson that I've learned throughout this entire thing is that progress isn't linear and healing is so not linear like I say the five steps of grief but it's not even that simple it's like it's like 86 steps no yeah and like all of those steps it's like step one cry step two have a happy day step three cry even harder you know what I mean and so that's what I was doing for the longest time and I'm still in that process it's really really hard to get over um, when you have a relationship that you thought was going to end in marriage and it's falling apart in front of your eyes that's what it feels like I'm trying not to cry because I really haven't talked about this in a while because I am trying so hard to like get to that place of like forgiveness and forgetting and just like not even forgetting just like moving on because to be honest me and him still talk we have like a friendship and we talk every day and we tell each other about our lives and it is helping with the process (laughs) he's giving me a look it is helping with the process I'm keeping my opinion on that quiet (laughs) I know I know we'll talk about that we'll talk about that we'll talk about that next in general it feels like it's helping, so it feels good. But what always feels good, as we know, because there are things like alcoholism, that whatever, you know, just because something feels good doesn't mean it's actually best for you long term. And I think I'm still trying to make that boundary. Um, and even though we are long, like, because we're long distance, it's better than I feel like it would be if we were in long distance. But 
because we were long distance, we were avid texters. We text all the time, every day, in like paragraphs and paragraphs and he knows. And now I'm going six, eight hours, ten hours, twelve hours without talking to him and it feels like there's something, there's like a part of me missing. Like there's someone who I, and I'm such an extrovert. So to me, it feels like there was someone who was constantly there that just got yanked away. But like, I'm the one who yanked it away. So I don't really know. It's a mixture of guilt and absence and loss and definitely grief. Like it almost feels like someone died, but they're still there just in such a different way. And it is really, really hard. But it's like that space you're feeling now is space for you to fill up with like that the, is the the space that, that you have that was such have, a good way to say it sorry I didn't yeah, interrupt but this, that was amazing I, was, I thought that sounded so stupid because I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how to voice what I'm trying to say I think it's what I'm trying to say is that that absence you feel only you can fill up you know like mm-hmm. if you always keep a person sized whole absence in your life then you're going to think oh only that person can fulfill that role but thinking about the things that they fulfilled that made you happy like was that you had someone to talk to or was it someone that comforted you like you can find other ways to feel those feelings that don't come from that person. But on the on the subject of keeping contact with your ex, because I have made this mistake so many times, because <laughs> as Sarah knows, me and him broke up every other week. Mm-hmm. But the thing that made it stick or the thing that helped me the most in getting over it was not having contact. Because think about it like this. Let's say you trip and fall on a knife, you know? <laughs> you obviously, <laughs> which is how I would describe it. That was so um, dense. Oh, my God. Because let's say you yeah, use some fallen knife or if you want to be, like, nice about it, like a tic-tac. I don't know. Attack. Whatever. Thumbtack. Um, obviously, in order to heal from that wound, you need to take the knife out. This is not medical advice because I don't know if this is actually accurate. You need to, like, obviously stitch that up and give it time to heal. But if you keep the knife in there, that shit ain't healing. It's just going to keep getting worse. Like contact with your ex. Let me connect that now. <laughs> obviously, the pain you're feeling is from not having that romantic contact anymore. But you're trying to fulfill that contact by keep by keeping talking to him. Mm-hmm. But you're not giving yourself time to heal when you're still talking to the source of that hurt. You know, you have to give yourself. She said, mm-hmm, "I'm not listening." <laughs> I know. No. And you can see her face right now. She's like, "Oh, I'm not listening at all." But it's like, I just have I have my Sarah smile on right now because I'm trying really hard yeah. not to cry. <laughs> oh, well, it's your turn to cry on the podcast um, because you can't heal from something when it's still you know in your life every day. Because what's the difference now between what you had before and then you know i think you have to give yourself time and space to be okay without him before you can allow him to be in your life again because if not he's just, you're just going to keep keep trying to fill that romantic hole with him until eventually you come to like and you know, i have experienced very insane trauma like my freshman year of college and even this was like comparable so i I don't even know. I didn't even know what to do. Like, I didn't know how to feel okay. I thought the feeling would never go away. Do you know, like, those those pits of depression that you've fallen and you're like, I can't get out. And, like, I will never not feel this sad. You know? Like, you just get so far into it that you're like, I'm going to feel like this forever. The only thing that helps that is time and distance, you know? And I feel like that's why I'm such a big proponent of cutting off access because, Mm -hmm. sorry, Harley's, like, throwing it back back there. (laughs) Um... Harley's on my bed and she's literally twerking. Sorry. (laughs) This is a question like actually for you, Sarah. Like, do you think that you can heal if you're still talking to him every day? When the only difference is like, obviously like pet names and things like that. But like, do you think that you can heal when that person is still like a very 
active person in your life on a daily basis? Like, do you think you're able to like move on and focus on yourself and your healing when that person still plays such a central role in your life? I think it's for me not a matter of do you think this is healthiest, but like what's most comfortable and this is most comfortable. So I will say with like what's the healthiest. I don't know because it is super individualized and it is super subjective like how like everyone's healing process including my own and I don't know like it's approaching the subject of can you be friends with your ex I do think the answer is yes but I do not think immediately or in a short time frame because like you can't just fundamentally change your relationship with someone and then like proceed like from that second in a different way and have it be normal you know because I think like obviously that's what's most comfortable because you're used to having that person in your life but I think one is to put your mental health first. But two, I think it's important to divest from that person and invest in yourself. So like invest in your long term health because if you know that like obviously like down the road like this might not be best for you, would you rather get started on that progress now so you're better quicker? Or rather acquiesce in what's happening, but that all be a risk to your mental health, obviously. Or just continue to acquiesce in the situation, knowing that it feels good now, but won't benefit you later. And, like, this is not me coming for Sarah, obviously. I'm just asking her questions that I asked myself (laughs) and that I would advise others to ask themselves when going through this process. Because, obviously, our natural inclination is to do what feels good now. Because we're people that, obviously, are obsessed with the now and things. But I think it's so um, intuitive to healing to think long-term about, like, what's going to bring you the most joy peace happiness in the long term absolutely you know Sydney I feel like you're really coming for me right now and honestly I'm just kidding (laughs) oopsie that's just a great part about being friends with you honestly is that like she thinks about what's healthiest for me like long term and not just like she doesn't want to like she wants to see me happy right now obviously that's not what I'm trying to say but I think she also just like she thinks things through very critically and she wants me to maintain this happiness do you you know what I mean it's not just about immediate gratification it's about sustenance I think that's really important I think that's because I did the same thing so I'm speaking mostly from my experiences that like right when I've gone through breakups like I've been through two pretty big breakups my like first inclination was like I do not want to feel sad I do not want to cry I do not want to feel crappy I'm going to do literally anything I can to not feel those things whether that's going out with my Mm -hmm. friends or like making or that's like the good part of it but like or engaging in unhealthy behaviors that gave me like instant satisfaction like whether it's talking to that person or like seeing them again in the capacity that was like enough um and I think the opposite that feels good in the moment but just in the end prolongs the inevitability because like you're gonna have that cry moment you're gonna have that period of sadness and while you should do anything you can in that moment whether it's like yoga meditation hang out with your friends whatever to bring yourself that kind of happiness that feeling and that pit is kind of unavoidable so like we always say i think we said in a few episodes just feeling your way through it and allowing yourself to feel those emotions is gonna help you in the long term you know and it's like about what sarah said like one thing i will have always told people that are like close to me is like i'm not a yes man like if you want a yes man get that button from staples because i feel like as a friend it's not your <laughs> job to just blindly blindly do whatever to how do i how do i word that well, I guess it's in the word. I think if that is about, like, instant gratification. It's, like, don't say whatever just to make your friend, like, happy in that moment. Yeah. Say what's going to benefit your friend. Like, say what's actually going to – because when you say things that are, like – like, okay, for example, this is, like, the most trivial example ever. But if your friend turns to you and they're, like, how's my hair? And they're in front of, like, a guy they like. 
and then your other friend goes like oh great but it's actually not great but you're just saying that to like not make your friend think that she's had messed up hair this whole time that is that turns to selfishness at that point like being a yes man in that way the way that Cindy's describing that is literally you're trying to like not have that hard conversation with your friend and that I think is a little bit selfish which is why I always try to surround myself with people who like don't handle me with kid gloves because like if you're just gonna tell them what they want to hear there's no point in having the conversation in the first place you know so it's like right I'm gonna tell you what I think like as your friend and as someone's gone through something similar and as someone who knows you and like has seen how things have affected you I'm gonna tell you what I think is not the best for you because you know what's best for you but give you advice like my honest advice because I'm not gonna just be like oh yeah like keep contact with him text him call him like all this stuff if I don't think as your friend that's gonna be conducive for you you know so if like mm-hmm. it's your job as your friend to support the person not and not saying what they want to hear but saying what they need to hear and also of course as an individual know that it's up to you it's your choice etc but at the same time you have to understand because I made this decision or I made this mistake in my last relationship. Not my last relationship, but, like, the last, last relationship I had. Like, the traumatic one. That, like, every single person in my life was telling me that it wasn't going to work and it's not working. And I told myself, they just can't see it. They don't know him. Like, I know him. But you're there's no one better than your friends and family to tell you what you're acting like and how you're being and how you've changed because they're... First of all, they're objective because they're coming from an outside perspective. Second of all, they care about you. If they're telling you something is wrong, it is so good for you to listen and not blindly follow their advice, but reflect, like actually actively reflect. Like don't just say you'll listen and then be like, okay, and then shove it under the rug. Say like, no, no, no. Like actually take a look in the mirror and think this might not be, if every single one of my friends and family who are coming from an objective perspective, like they're not in love with this person, they don't have emotional feelings for this person like you do, they might actually have really, really good logical advice that will work out for you best in the long term. Okay, so question. Yeah. Obviously there is the decades, centuries, whatever, generations old saying that like you can't get over someone so you get under someone new. Do you think that's true? (laughs) No, I do not think it's true, technically. I think uh, to get over someone, it comes with a lot of, like, emotional and spiritual reflection, and being okay with being alone is so critical to getting over someone, and that means not getting under someone. Like, I think being okay with, like, loving yourself, um, exploring your more introverted side, taking that time to really, like, take part in those hobbies that you couldn't do when you guys were together. I'm vehemently against it. Like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, like, move on with other people. I just think that if you're predicating your healing on being intimate with someone else, then you're not healing. You know? You're just trying to replace that feeling with someone else. And I feel like that's not fair. Absolutely. That's not fair to you or to the person you're doing it with. However. I'm against rebounds. Yeah, I'm very (laughs) against rebounds. And I also hate Mm -hmm. the word rebounds because it's like, what am I in basketball? I'm just saying that, like, the feeling that I felt after, I felt worse than before because I knew that I was just trying to fill my X-shaped hole. Ew, that sounded really wrong. <laughs> I did not mean it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did not mean it like that. I was trying that to... That was Sydney Winter, everyone. <laughs> yes. So eloquent. <laughs> I have been trying to fill, like, an absence with something that can never fill that absence, you know? Because, like, they're not that person. Mm-hmm. As long as, like, 
hold them to that standard, I'm never going to be happy, you know? So it took more of like me taking time and like loving being alone. Like we talked about in our episode about being alone, but it took me being alone and then being able to step back and be like, okay, I'm ready to like start not dating people or like expecting a relationship, like getting to know people and getting myself back out there that I was finally okay with it and like it felt fine. When I broke up with my first college ex-boyfriend, I immediately that night went to a nightclub with my friend and immediately not only hooked up with someone else, but I slept with someone else that exact same night. We were at the Skylark for all my New Yorkers out here. Um, Healing from that experience, not like that sexual experience, but my like early college relationship was a nightmare. So not that those two are like connected because yeah, yeah, like, okay, you just broke up with someone. Give yourself grace. If you make mistakes, if you drink too much, if you sleep with someone else this night, you guys break up. Like, it's okay. Like people make mistakes. Don't worry about it. But at the same time, I think if you want to practice mindful healing from your breakup, might not be the best path. I agree. Yeah. You know what, Sydney? So I'll ask you a question. Was there anything after your breakup that you did that is um that would like normally be considered unhealthy to do that you did and you were like no honestly the, this helped me a little bit sleep cry and listen to music that's literally all i did <laughs> those aren't unhealthy though i feel like that's well, people say like don't let, let yourself wallow but i knew that if i didn't wallow now it's gonna wallow later so i have to like feel yeah. it now and feel my way through it and like be out of it for a couple weeks than to keep trying to pretend like it didn't happen and I wasn't affected by it, and then have it come up months later and, like, really wreck me, you know? Yeah. I will say a mistake that I made the day of my breakup is I went to a fancy French restaurant with my mom. I, don't ask me why. I don't know. And we went, and we had this, like, great meal, and I thought I was going to be okay, and then at the end of the meal, I broke down crying as my espresso was coming out. So the waiter saw me cry, the host saw me cry, Everyone walking down the street saw me cry. Um, You might even say that I cried in public. And I would like to say maybe don't go out to like a five-star French restaurant with your mom the night of your breakup. Might not be the best idea. I remember I cried once when Sarah and I had like a taco sponsorship. And the bartender sent me a tequila (laughs) shot. And I was like, period, King. He understood. That's so annoying. When I cry, I get judgy looks. When you cry, you get free insomnia cookies. Oh, my God. The minute insomnia actually loved me. Like, they're the only ones they that do. I would connect with, you know. Whenever I go into insomnia, no matter what insomnia location it is, no matter who's mm-hmm. behind the counter, I'm getting free cookies, period. And I love it. I feel great by myself. I'm like, period. She's truly not lying, and this actually really bugs me, because it happened a year ago for the first time. And ever since then, whenever Cindy goes into an insomnia by herself, or with a bunch of friends, or with me, or literally with anyone she's with, or just by herself, the insomnia person who's working the counter literally, we've gone to 60,000 locations, they always give her free cookies. And I always go before her. And then I just get my cookie, and she gets six cookies. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And it's, it's, like, very – it's the same energy as that Starbucks moment. Remember when, like, they gave me the free cup? Oh and no, that was actually an assault on the character. But I just have a certain genetic quality insomnia cumin. Oh, my God. That Starbucks made me so mad. This man had the audacity because I'd be following that Starbucks app. I get my emails, and I, I respond mm-hmm. accordingly. And they said, if you order a seasonal or holiday drink – you will get this free holiday cup. And I have 50 of them, so I want another one. And so Sarah and I went in, and my favorite Starbucks drink is a peppermint hot chocolate off the literal kids menu. And I ordered a peppermint hot chocolate, but I made sure you get an adult size because that always works as a holiday drink. I just get them, or I get a peppermint mocha. 
And Sarah goes before me and gets whatever drink and gets a cup. I can clearly see the stack of cups in front of me. I go to order my peppermint mocha. And I was like, um, where's my cup, sir? And he was like, oh, we're actually out. It was the worst gaslighting I have ever felt in my life. Like, I don't see that stack of cups right in front of you. But I was like, you know what? I take note. I take note. <laughs> I mean, I want my cookies. Do you know what I mean? I, I just went through a breakup. The sugar cookies, they are slap. Where are my cookies? Slap, slap, slap. But then Cindy's so sweet. She, like, brings home the free cookies she gets, and she shares them with Chance and I, and I would just like to say that's very, very kind. Thank you. So no, um, you know I would eat all seven. <laughs> no. That's another thing is um, a huge, what's it, assumption after a breakup is that you either don't eat at all or you eat too much or, like, you binge eat or whatever. And that's something I'm working really hard on. Like, I'm going to share my personal struggle right now is that I, again, progress is not linear, but there are days where I go through where, again, trigger warning, I'm talking about eating habits. There are days where I'm like, I don't want to eat anything because – I'm no one and I'm nothing. <laughs> and then there are other days where <laughs> and then there are other days where I want to eat the entire fridge because it is a physical representation of like filling something inside me that needs to be filled. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good representation of one, how progress isn't linear, and two, how like it's like give yourself grace. Like if you're not hungry for a meal, okay, great. If you ate a little bit too much at lunch or dinner or whatever, like totally fine. Like recognize if it becomes a habit but you're going through something extremely depressing and sad and I think it's okay to be understanding to yourself and don't don't look for everyone else for validation that's another thing that I've learned is like I don't need to seek comfort all the time from other people definitely it helps because I'm a huge extrovert but as an extrovert it helps so much to find comfort within myself for sure it's like Sarah can attest to this when my I had like a bad breakup I just played I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, the chicken little version, for literally, like... And Bon Jovi, for, like, no reason. Yeah, for, like, a month straight. And I'm just, like, crying, screaming in my room. And I mean, like, period. It worked. But now I can never hear those songs again without being, like, ew. Um, my ex really, really liked Mac Miller. And now that I have all these Mac Miller songs in my playlist, and it was really sad today, I went through and deleted all of them. Because, truly, I only listened to Mac Miller for him. And of course, I was thinking about this earlier, like 20 minutes ago, and forgot to mention it. My ex does not listen to Crying in Public. This episode, he would listen to if he saw the title, because I'm assuming the title's going to be something about breakups. So. Yeah, no. That was like one big thing with my ex, too. He's like, you were talking about me on your podcast. And I was like, okay, yeah, get over it. Um, but yeah, like in terms of compromising, I pretended. And was forced to listen to so many hours of Eminem. I think that I qualify for an award. Because I'm sorry, I don't like Eminem. I, I don't relate. I don't understand the hype. I really don't. And when I tell you I had to listen to playlists. I had to listen to so many of his songs that I literally <laughs> deserve compensation. Like there needs to be a compensation fund <laughs> for this exact purpose. Because ain't no way I listened to that man for four years and pretended to like him. Like absolutely not. No. Eminem is so aggressive too. He's like, "Fuck you!" I'm gonna hit my wife, and I'm like, "Whoa!" Yeah, like a gerbil <laughs> at my whatever. Anyway, yeah. yeah, it was very disturbing. He does music. say that. He says that. He has, an, enti- songs, he has he does. an entire song about that, and I'm like, "Oh!" And they're like, "It's a metaphor for life," and I'm like, "All right, well." He could have said that really any other way. 
he did. Like, you said that. And I was like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He actually says that he shoves a triple or like, and hits a hamster or something yeah. weird. I don't even know. Like, okay, that makes me very uncomfortable. It's okay, though. It's, you know, it's fine. Yeah, but it's it was okay. It was okay when we were dating because, like, and not that I don't still have feelings of love for him, but, like, I was in love with him in a way that only you have when you're dating someone. So I was in love with him, and so it was totally okay that I did that. But now that I'm single, it feels nice to be able to liberate myself from a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, closing last words, I'll go first and I'll listen to close it off. Because she has a nice little way, if you listen to the last two episodes, of wrapping things up in a beautiful bow when Sarah can't figure out the words to say. So what I will say for my closing remark is that... Or, no, take that out. What I will say is that this experience has been really sad, and I feel awful. Um, But there are so many new opportunities that I have right now. I just landed two new clients as a social media manager, which is huge, because I have to... I'm financially independent now, fully. I've been since um, August, and I have to pay my own rent, pay for my groceries, pay my own bills... And, um, so that was huge and I, you know, that happened two days ago and I had a great celebration day and I'm back in New York cause I was in South Carolina for a while and now I'm with Cindy again and I'm with Chance and I'm with my, you know, my niece dog, which is really exciting and I love New York more than anywhere else in the world and I'm just so happy to be here and I just have been trying to focus on the moments where I'm like most blessed in life and focusing on the little victories that I have and like realizing that I can do things myself, um, and I miss him, and I wish this never happened, and I wish we never broke up. I wish the events that led to our breakup never conspired. But they did. I am trying to find my happiness again, and I'm really happy to say that I am succeeding with the help of all the support I have, and most importantly, myself. Period, Pooh. Mine's going to be a lot less deep, because I'm a lot less emotionally <laughs> detached from the situation. Yes. Mine just happened a week ago, guys. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> um, just advice for people. To remember that, like, it's obviously okay to not have, like, a perfect healing track that's not normal. But also that the only person that can give you healing, the only person that can, like, fulfill that space, the only person that can kind of restore you to, like, where you want to be is you. Because you know, as they say, healing comes from within. So don't rely on alcohol or going out or partying or eating or whatever you want to use as, like, a crutch for those feelings. Because... All in all, it's going to come down to you and you. And... Uh, sorry, that's a funny noise. <laughs> um, again, it's you and your thoughts alone, you know? So I think take the time to let yourself be upset. Let yourself feel whatever emotions come from what happens. Obviously, every situation is different. But just know that healing comes from within. So give yourself grace. Give yourself love. Give yourself support. Whether that be, like, meditation or, like going on a little solo trip or like going to do yoga or something or reading a book like letting yourself have that time to be alone and to heal Cindy and I love yoga if you can't tell we always use yoga I fucking hate yoga honestly oh really it's it'll be like shavasana and I'm like all right I've been up in this you can ask Sarah one time we went to um we went to yoga Yoga for the the people people. I just fell asleep on my mat Mm -hmm. 
I was like, girl, you got me doing too much. <laughs> Shavasana. <laughs> oh my god. And then Zinni yeah, would like downward just, dog. Girl, I'm still Yeah, they're like warrior position. one. And I'm like, <laughs> tree. <laughs> the minute we hit child's pose, a girl's going to sleep. Yeah. It really is a beautiful practice. But, but it is Steve beautiful, and I yeah. at least I can speak to myself. I'm so not athletic. So when they're like stand on one foot for thirty minutes, I'm like, no. Do you know what I mean? Um I like the the meditation aspect of it like it's cultural roots i really really respect and i feel like meditations mm-hmm. so, so many people say meditation works for them and i honestly do want to try it but honestly i'd be kicking to myself when i'm quiet so i can't be <laughs> kicking that quiet for that long with my thoughts but um when you're in a relationship with someone especially like a long-term relationship um you might not feel like you would be able to function single again or love yourself single again and I know that's definitely something I was struggling with towards the end of my relationship. And I promise you, I promise you, whether it is without professional help, with help, there are so many ways that you can be supported through this time it's if you are in an unhealthy relationship or an abusive relationship, which God forbid I was lucky enough to not be in in my last one, but I was in one at one point. And I promise, I promise, I promise as your two older big sisters, and I know Sydney would stand behind this, is that it is possible. Loving yourself, again, is possible. And you can love yourself or better than you do in the situation that you're in right now. And you will. I promise. I'm telling you, once you're out of your hub, like, girl, how did I go through all that? Like, honestly, yeah. I'm happier now being alone than I have been with that person. So, at the end, all that pain, I wouldn't say it was worth it. It was necessary, though, for me to get to this place. And I'm definitely not there yet, but I have full confidence that I will be. Ooh, I got emotional a little bit. I have full confidence that I will be um, at that place. So I'm sorry if this episode was a little more serious than what you're used to. You know, Cindy and I are jokesters. Um, But, uh, you know, this is a very serious occasion, and next episode will be a little more lighter for sure. Uh, and we are so excited to keep talking about this breakup experience. I will keep you posted on my journey as Sydney will hers as she's been doing this whole time. And if you want to listen to more of our very funny, not depressing at all content, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart. And you can follow us on social media at Crying in Public Podcast. And oh, yeah, TikTok at Crying in Public Podcast and Instagram at the same name. We love you, as always. Uh, DM us with anything and hope you enjoyed this episode because that was really personal and I'm just so happy that I have a community to share a part of my life with as something as serious as that you know bye hoes (laughs) I love that that's a transition bye